Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 21 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. the Eastern Seaboard's beloved son. And I'm joined here by my omnipresent co-host, the man preventing more blow-ups than the bomb squad, the man who's pro- who provides more edges than a granite countertop, the degenerate who's getting into some trouble up in Regina. I'm talking about JJ. JJ, how's it going? Good, Ray. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. And we're bringing to you an episode, uh, a Thanksgiving episode. Uh, we're going to pay, yeah, you know, we're going to uh, pay homage to the guests we've had on the show to, and also to others in the industry that we're thankful for. Uh, we're also going to discuss current market conditions as well on this holiday week. So we're recording this um, on Wednesday the 27th with Thanksgiving being tomorrow. You know, I'm not a big fan of the meal, Jay, uh, but I do enjoy football all day. <laughs> I, I got to yes. ask you, I got to ask you as a Canadian, what's it, what's it like uh, Thanksgiving in Canada? Well, for me, Thanksgiving is a, um, it, for me, it's a time that I, I don't, I don't, Canadians don't get angry, but Thanksgiving in the U S I really love because I have family down there and, Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of clients and, and it was always nice. And when U.S. Thanksgiving rolls around, it was kind of those times I, I wish I was in the States because it's, uh, I don't know, I always enjoyed it. So um, it's nice. And it really, it's kind of boring up here because everybody has to work. It's not Canadian Thanksgiving, which happens in October. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I have the day off. Everybody else is working. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a bit slow for me that way. Yeah, sure, sure. You got to, you know, it seems like this is a standard question, but what's one of your favorite dishes Thanksgiving? You know, I'm just, uh, well, you know, because I come from a South Asian background, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind the turkey and everything every once in a while. It's kind of cool. You know, we're not the best at cooking that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, when I go to my friend's house and, you know, their parents, uh, you know, have the, the turkey meal and everything like that. It's always, it's always nice. You know, I, uh, you know, I like, I like the whole thing. It's, you know, it's cool. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It is. So uh, today we're going to go through our illustrious list of guests we've had on the show, uh, you know, and say a few things about each, I guess you could, you know, put uh, what we're thankful for, what we uh, enjoyed uh, about that podcast. And so our very first guest ever we had on the pod was Peter Reznicek, a.k.a. Shadow Trader, former hip-hop manager. Jay. The, the one and only Peter Reznicek. Mm-hmm. The, the man who's solely responsible for keeping my heart beating on this earth by introducing me to Market Profile and Jim Dalton. Mm-hmm. And uh, I cannot say enough about how thankful I am that I met him and that we had him on the show, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, taught me a whole new way to see the market taught me how to keep my heart from going into arrhythmia when I traded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course led me uh, to who I consider a national treasure, Jim Dalton. Mm. So I'm very thankful. Couldn't be more thankful. Peter and Brad, I got to give out a shout out to Brad, but Brad, hopefully will be on the show one of these days, but yes. uh, yeah, we love those guys. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I, it was, um, 
you know, it's funny, like having Peter on at that time, you know, I was still very new to trading, like, on, you know, on this, this journey I'm on. And I, I didn't realize the magnitude of who he was when we had him on um, now being into it. And uh, no, I'm just grateful he came on. I'm grateful for his weekly recap videos. Yeah. Um, and so shout out to Peter resident checking for the listeners. That was episode number four. Oh, and I, I got to plug his uh, daily market letter too. Uh, it's how I learned profile. And if, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I highly recommend it. Absolutely. So, yes. So that was episode number four. If you guys want to go back and listen to that one. The second guess we had on the pod was Mr. Sex in the City himself. <laughs> <laughs> Frequent visitor to the White House. Oh, uh, Lord. Best-selling author of the book, The Byside, Turney Duff. Oh, my brother, Turney. I hope he's doing well. Love you, Turney. Uh, we love the Duff here on, uh, on Confessions mm -hmm. of a Market Maker. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, Turney and I had, you know, had a, had a very interesting evening once in New York. <laughs> Wait, and, and where, but where was it again? I, I don't remember. It was, um, yeah, <laughs> well, let's see. It was at a house of ill repute. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and, you know, thank you again to the traders from night capital, uh, you know, uh, Dave P and the boys who introduced us, uh, and, you know, later on, he ends up writing a book and, you know, we reach out to him after meeting him in 19, in the early, in the late nineties. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Turney and I, uh, yeah, we had an interesting evening that night mm -hmm. and, um, great guy and you know i love his book everybody um you know the buy side definitely go check it out if you want to know what that life is like as uh you know running you know he was one of the leaders of the healthcare mafia back then and mm -hmm. um you know if you want to know what if you want to know why the market's getting marked up the way it is it's because guys like him are are uh, bucking <laughs> for their christmas bonus so <laughs> right, right. yeah yeah turdy yeah turdy was great and uh, you know i love the way his book is amazing because he bared his soul and uh yeah you know it, everybody likes to talk about oh you know i did this and everything's great but nobody wants to talk about those times at three o'clock in the morning when you're like oh my god what have i done with my life and yeah. um you know and i really respect him for that definitely definitely it, it was you know it was such a well-written book you know it really puts you in his like shoes in his mind mm -hmm. and you know th th those were my thoughts going in before even talking to him and then it was no surprise once talking to him how much uh due diligence he put into writing the book and oh, yeah. it, you know what i mean how much he dove into writing and just the the techniques and etc and uh yeah man he, just a genuine guy humble um it was a pleasure absolute pleasure having him on and there was a lot of laughs. Um, so go check that one out, guys. That was episode number six. If you want to go back and listen to that. The next guest we had on was Stephen Goldstein, host uh, of his own podcast, Alpha Mind, trading performance coach. Uh, and also, uh, JJ was a guest on the show as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, you know, he, it was nice having access uh, to someone like that because usually you don't unless you know you're sitting at a hedge fund or someplace like that that can afford to pay them mm -hmm. uh they're really you know uh to, to clean up your head and um to help you realize what's going on and just being around uh you know him it was it was great because you know we're uh, you know talking about the markets and and you know london and things like that it was it was fascinating 
and uh, being on his show was wonderful. And it, we're really, really happy to have him on the show because it gave a lot of people who don't get access to the mental part of the game, um, you know, a look, and then, then, you know, they can go further and, and, and dig around. But uh, boy, you know, trading is like riding a motorcycle. If your mind is not right, boy, things can get dangerous really quick. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. You know, you know, for me, like, uh, you know, for as much effort and studying I've put into my mental game, you know, cause all my years playing poker, uh, you know, I came away feeling, uh, I just had such a, like a, almost like an enlightening type of feeling, like aha moment, like after, uh, talking to him on the pod and listening, um, and, and also just listening to his podcast as well. I'm a regular listener of it. And, um, you know, since then I, I've seen a bump up in my, like I, in my mental game, um, and my performance, <laughs> you know, specifically with poker, you know, um, and so, you know, just gotta give a shout out to Goldstein, man. Uh, we yeah. appreciate you here at Confessions and that's episode number eight, uh, for the listeners. Our next guest, uh, we had on was hedge fund Titan and high stakes poker player, author, producer, philosopher, plucked right out of the Renaissance, Bill Perkins, <laughs> JJ, uh, <laughs> Was oh, it, was, it was great. You know, the, the nice thing about Bill is he, he was, he was part of one of the most historic trades in history mm-hmm. uh, on that natural gas trade with, um, you know, him himself and John Arnold and, and Brian Hunter on the other side. And I mean, you don't, you don't get access to once again, getting access to someone like that who, yeah. you know, you know, we trade the market. It's nice to talk to people who can actually move a market. Mm. Um, and, um, or make a market. And that's, uh, you know, that was fascinating. And he, another, another uh, case of somebody who's done so extremely well. And, and I think that goes through every single guest that we've had on this podcast has hit the top of their game and they're so humble. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I, when I was prepping for this podcast, like, you know, just kind of jotting down some notes of what I wanted to say about everybody. And I, I swear, I was like, everything I was writing, humble, humble, humble. Yeah. Just, you know, for, for the, I mean, you know, most of these people have, have, you know, they'll have forgotten more about trading than you and I'll ever know. And it's just, you know, and just how calm they are and, and just, you know, and, and so willing to share their, their uh, life experience, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was it was really good to hear. You know, because I, I I know Bill from poker, and I and what that's what's funny is he's more I think he's more popular in the poker community than he is within trading. You know, because mm-hmm. I, I guess retail trading community is just a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, it was it was great to hear that side. Like you were talking about that he being on the other end of that historic trade. Um, and hearing those things. And it, it's, I just always enjoy listening to him talk like a real refreshing practical approach that he has to life. Um, and also, I also uh, like how like multifaceted he is, um, you know, <laughs> Definitely. you know, and we're, we're in a world where a lot of people just are real preaching like specialization. Oh, stick to this. So it was cool. And also looking forward to his book. Yeah, me too. And, and having him back on when he's going on his little press tour. <laughs> so Shout out to Bill. That was for the listeners. That was episode number 10. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to that one. Uh, the next guest we had on uh, was a 20, is a 20 year successful retail trader, Tom Canfield, AKA Don Cherry. 
Don Cherry. <laughs> yeah, that's why I know I, I didn't have I didn't have a nickname for him when we did the podcast because I didn't oh, okay. know how he, I, I didn't know he was like he was like oh you better have one for me I was like oh <laughs> so there we go Tom if you're listening Don Cherry there it is <laughs> I, I had to give him a hockey guy. Well, I, I think he's, he's with his family. You know, I, I saw on Twitter that he's taking this week off and he's with his family. And, uh-huh. and man, what, what it was so refreshing to have him on, on the uh, podcast. He's totally the real deal. You know, he has been, he's been in the trenches since, you know, you know, the charts with the graph paper and a pencil. And, uh, and, and he is really, he's, he's like the voice of reason on Twitter. Um, you know, yeah. there's a couple yeah, of guys right. that, you know, there's like, there's him and Jimmy Jude. Um, they, you know, they just say it like it is. They don't have time to pussyfoot around. Mm-hmm. It's just, and man, you know, I miss that because everything's so, everyone's so sensitive now. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I miss those guys, you know, because those are the kind of guys that train me on the desk where, you know, you do something and they would give you a shot across the head and go, what are you doing, you idiot? Right. And you, can't, you can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just, yeah, it was, it was a pleasure. And, we, and, you know, he's been in our, in our room a little bit uh, when he has time and uh, we, we always love his perspective. It's uh, it, it was a treat to have him on the show. Uh, yeah, that, absolutely. Like you said, you know, just realness, no fluff with him and, you know, oh, yeah. it, you know, and that's why, that's why I think um, at least my theory is like why, you know, cause I, I asked him, I remember asking him on the bottom, like, you know, you're not one of these guys who, is you know trading from exotic locations you're not posting your pnl like how did you you know oh, garner geez. how did you oh. gather such a large following and i think it's because i mean he didn't, he didn't have an answer i remember he was kind of like oh great question i don't know mm-hmm. but i believe it's it is his realness it's it's refreshing to see somebody because when he when he when he says what he says you already know like oh yeah i felt yeah. that before i've been through it because yeah. he because listening to his come up he went through the i mean what he said he lost 50k yeah. I mean, he's everything that we we're going through on a daily basis, you know, as, as a newer retail trader, he's gone, you know, he's gone through and uh, it's nice when you have people going, okay, yeah, I've been there. This is what you got to watch out for. Uh, you know, this is why you have to watch yourself, you know, watch out for this, watch out for that. And um, it, it's, you know, really wonderful, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. Yeah. Really wonderful to have him in the, uh, you know, uh, amongst our friends, definitely. Absolutely. Shout out to Canfield, aka Don Cherry. That's episode number thirteen. Uh, for you guys who want to go back and listen, the following guest we had on was, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Ball Street Trading CEO, a man who had a front seat to the collapse of two thousand and eight. Former poker grinder, sit and go Scotty. Scott Sam San Emeterio. Jay. Oh, once again, you know, uh, access to someone who actually structured uh, the mortgage-backed securities that people bought in their portfolios. Mm-hmm. So he had—he was actually one of the guys who read the documents, the offering documents, because he had to prepare them. So you know, having insight like that from someone who was actually building the products out. Wow. Uh, and another guy who's been at the top of his game and is so humble and so easy to talk to. Yeah. Um, you know, because, you know, as a trader, you sit and wonder, how did they do this and how did they do that? And, you know, and then, you know, you sit with him and it's very eye opening. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was, uh, it was really, 
you know, really cool. And his, uh, his new business sounds like uh, an up and comer too. No, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, mean, I mean, the first time uh, I spoke to Scott, it's like we connected right away. You know what I mean? Um, and like, you know, the word that comes to mind when I think of Scott is, just, you know, just sharp, mm-hmm. real sharp in all areas that he's involved in. And, and maybe I'm biased cause he's a poker player, but the, the business that he's got going on, the, the potential that's, that there is emerging sports and trading, uh, the ceiling on that, I imagine, is high. Mm-hmm. Best of luck to you, Scott. Uh, we appreciate you coming on the pod. That was episode number 15 uh, for the listeners out there. Next guest we had on was the Moose. <laughs> J- JJ's mentor, a real estate mogul, chairman of two publicly traded companies, Harmel Riot. Yes, the Moose, Harmel, uh, and also like my adopted older brother, um, you know, uh, wow, what have I not learned from this guy? Jeez, uh, you know, he, you know, he met me when I didn't know common stock from livestock, and uh, he taught me how to make a market. Uh, he taught me about liquidity. Uh, he taught me about work ethic. Uh, he taught me about doing research, doing your own research. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he taught me how not to s- spend a lot of money when doing research. <laughs> You know, and, uh, you know, a, a little, uh, a little hard work goes a long way, man. Uh, I've, I've learned so much from him. Um, you know, one of my first clients, um, you know, he's been with me pretty much through my whole career and, uh, very, very thankful to have him and his two brothers who, uh, when, uh, after nine 11, when I went from, uh, having two Porsches and a penthouse to living above an Irish bar and taking the bus, his older brother, um, Sammy Davis Jr., would drive me to work every morning because I didn't even have a car. So, um, you know, uh, that family, they've, they've treated me like family and very grateful to them. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I, I mean, I could just, just hear it in his voice, man. Like his, you know, really just appreciated his desire to, you know, conduct himself ethically, um, you know, in, in business as well, you know, like mm-hmm. it was inspiring uh, as well to hear his rise to where he is now starting off in the, uh, the mail room. Yep. Um, yeah. It, I really, really enjoyed it. I, f- I was very, like very moved after that podcast. So shout out to Harmel, AKA the moose. That was episode mm-hmm. number 17. The, fo- the following guests uh, began her career making markets and options uh, started her own hedge fund, featured in Market Wizard series, Mrs. Sardines, Linda Rashke. Wow. Um, one of my idols, when I read Market Wizards, I, she is the one who actually gave me the idea of getting a job close to the exchange so you could finally meet somebody and you know network your way into a job as a trader. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because of her that I got my first job in the stock market. And... Um, you know, because I read that in Market Wizards, uh, and uh, I never thought I'd ever get to actually uh, to interview uh, someone that I had read about, you know, so many years ago, which was, that was, that was wonderful. That was absolutely wonderful. And boy, oh boy, you spend 10 minutes talking to her and you realize how lazy you are, <laughs> right? Yeah, you realize yeah. how absolutely lazy and sloth-like you are. This lady will outwork anyone. And uh, she, her passion for the markets um, is just, is mm-hmm. just 
it's amazing. And, you know, and she's a floor trader, so she's got a great sense of humor, and she's used to us animals, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and she's used to, you know, corralling animals like us. So, you know, it was just, it was absolute pleasure to meet one of your idols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was funny. Like, even when we just, we just first started talking or before we started recording, she was already just firing off. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it was funny. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it's so funny how many times me and you have talked about, like, you know, the, her preparation and her oh, focus. God. Like, yeah. oh, you know, just, just when we just talk personally, we were like, you know, it's talking to her. That's what's, it made me, I feel like, yeah, I don't. I don't put the TV on in the background anymore when I'm trading. She's like, "Oh, oh hell yeah. no, I never do that." She's yeah, exactly. Like, I don't no, understand no. people. I'm like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, like I do that. Know, no. Yeah, no, no. She's got. She's got that laser-like focus, which is what you need to be successful. Yeah, because this yeah, business, you know, this the, the the thing about this business, it's like we bring you in, we put the blindfold on, and we spin you around. But if you can focus. You know, um, and her, her focus is just, uh, and it comes from a love of what she does. Right. So right. it that that it was just inspiring, absolutely inspiring. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, and that's another person who is a legend and who's down to earth. You know? Yeah. So, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Very down to earth, easy to talk to, fun to talk to. And shout out to Linda, and that's episode number nineteen. And now our most recent guest. Uh, 41 years of multifaceted industry experience, executed orders for Paul Tudor Jones, Sue Flacky Stick Trader, Damon Pavlatos, and uh, also a husband to Linda. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, what a couple, eh? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) For real. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. You know, and I really, really liked having him on because you know, the guys who came off the floor when I was starting on the trade desk are the ones who trained me. And I, I really miss floor traders and, uh, and their sense of humor and their perspective and the stories from the old days. And, you know, him telling us how this clearing firm went down and, and the story. And he knows because he was, you know, he was at the epicenter of this, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it's you know, as a younger trader, uh, you, you always wanted to like, you know, wow, I wish I could have traded on the floor of, of, of the Chicago exchange, because that is just a, uh, that's something else, you know, there's, you know, there's the New York stock exchange. And, you know, I have a friend of mine who's, a, who's an ex-specialist and a couple of friends who were on the floor and, and, and that, that's, you know, a beautiful historic place, but there's something about that energy. Like you, even on television, when you see those pits in Chicago, the way they used to be and they, and you know how many people they had in it. That energy is just just wild, mm-hmm. you know. So you you have people who um, you know traded through historic times, um, and like Damon, and uh, you know, and you know he's built software companies. He's done this. He's done that. So it's it's nice having that kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, once again, someone who's extremely humble, and uh, you know, it was a lot of fun to have on the show. And he'll be uh, joining us next week, hopefully. Um, yeah you know, in our, uh, in our, uh, education room. So, mm-hmm. you know, that'll be, I mean, you know, uh, you know, one, the one thing about these people that we've had on the show, especially got, you know, people like Damon and Linda and they'll give you, you know, you'll talk to them for maybe 10, 15 minutes and you'll learn about five things that will completely change your perspective about the business yeah. because they, they just drop these little golden nuggets. And for you, you know, for someone who's only been trading retail six years, I mean, I've been in the business since 93, 
but you know, retail trading. And I was, I was telling uh, someone today, I said, you know, I, I, I've manipulated stocks. I've done all this stuff and, and, and worked the system and, and I can hide a short position for a year. Um, that sort of stuff. But retail trading is the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and people who are successful at that and, um, you know, you know, larger retail traders and people who run money and things like that. It's such, such a treat to have them on the show because it, it gives our listeners, uh, you know, access to that other side, you know, behind the curtain, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. I mean, which retail traders don't have access to. So like you said, a pleasure. He's just, you know, Damon's just a cool cat, you know, yeah, he like, is. He, yeah. it, well, he's a rock star. I mean, the guy was a rock star before he became a trader. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh... <laughs> just a smooth. You know, he, he, even you know, even the the story how he said uh, he uh, got Linda to date him, I, I thought was smooth. You know, I'm just oh, like he's he's a crazy. He's, you know? he's a smooth dude, man. Right, smooth, right. You know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's why I lo- I love this story uh, about the Goldbacks machine getting installed in his house. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I thought that was great. You know, yeah. I. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and I also, you know, I, I like, you know, what he mentioned about Globex and, and how he watches the different regions uh, of the globe and how they mm-hmm. trade. And, you know, it just, it's giving me a different, you know, just another, I guess, another perspective, another way to look at the profile or look at the Globex, um, you know, which is always good, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you know. You know, yes, he, he was Mr. Globex because back then, right. when you know you needed a you know a, a seat on on the exchange to actually be able to trade Globex, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so that you know, so yeah, it, it's nice to have people who are part of history then teaching you, you know, the ins and outs of that market. Absolutely, you know, absolutely, definitely. and we have a um, we have a special shout out we have to give to. Our producer, Baba Yega, aka Beyond the Trade, Steve, definitely for producing. And um, yeah, I mean, he filled in for one episode, but you know, it's in the got lost in the archives. Didn't yeah, it? those are the the lost files of VWAP <laughs> Trader. <laughs> They'll uncover those in in thirty years. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, we we really appreciate Steve for all the hard work he does. He is he's basically like the energizer bunny he never stops working yeah you know if if i wanted to i could call him at three o'clock in the morning and say i've got an idea and he'd be like okay let's you know he wouldn't even he wouldn't even skip a beat the guy is uh, you know and he's his persistence you know if there's a brick wall you know he'll find a way to chew through it he'll come out covered in dust and lime but you know just just give him a little time he'll chew through that wall Mm -hmm. so we really appreciate that you absolutely know, uh, absolutely definitely. shout out to the baba yega <laughs> be on a trade steve we appreciate you much love jay anyone else in the industry uh you want to shout out i know probably your uh, idol of course i i have to uh, i have to thank jim dalton for everything i'm very thankful this thanksgiving for uh, having that gentleman in my life and who taught me how to view a market and it has saved me so much heartache. And, uh, and it's not even about the money, as he says. It's about the emotional and uh, intellectual capital that, you know, massive drawdowns and just being in the wrong place at the wrong time um, get you in trading. And he just, you know, uh, I can't say anything enough. I think the man's a national treasure. 
And uh, I, w- I would, you know, if he's listening, sir, we would love to have you on the podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we look forward to you. Every time you come into our room, it's, uh, you know, it's like an event for me. So uh, I'm very, very thankful for, uh, for Mr. Dalton. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, that's when, you know, I'm going to give a shout out to our room, our trading room. You know, I really enjoy the community, having people to trade with, to talk to. And I, I just have a lot of fun, honestly. I think we got a funny group of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just want to shout out to all of them, man. Like, I really yeah. enjoyed it in there. Yeah, definitely. We've got some, and we've got some very smart people in that room too, yeah. which is, it's nice, you know, it, it, it's, and from all over the world, which is, uh, it, it's really lovely to have, uh, to interact with people because retail trading is a very, very lonely experience, especially in education. Um, and we try and educate, but we try and keep it uh, digestible and we also try and keep it interesting. Um, so, you know, people are, you know, they're, uh, they don't lose interest and focus and, and give people a, a nice environment to learn in, uh, where it's, you right. know, you know, it's not intimidating. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and you know, that's, what's great. I mean, especially, um, you know, me being a new trader, you know, like, um, everyone's very, uh, encouraging, uh, supportive of one another, uh, quick to congratulate when one has a good trade, et cetera. And it's, it's just fun. It's fun how we're able to blend, you know, being serious yeah. trading, but also throwing in some jokes, having a good community. So well, shout yeah. out to everyone. You know, and that's definitely, yeah. And I, you know, and that's what I miss about being on the trade desk was that, um, you know, the atmosphere of laughing. I mean, and, and I never had a job in my life that I loved so much as being on that trade desk, um, you know, because it wasn't a job and you just, you, you know, I never made so much money and laughed at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had a lot of fun and, and it's nice to have a little bit of laughter in life because, it, you know, it keeps the stress down. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. And, you know, you know, uh, we'll move on. But, you know, something that I was just thinking of, you know, when we were talking before uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, it was like, oh, it's so great to uh, talk to Linda, like someone who you read about. That's that's two. That's two people. We've two authors we've read about Turney and her. It's pretty cool. Pretty yeah. Neat. Well, I mean, Turney, I knew before he was an author. Oh, that, well, that's true. <laughs> well, yeah. That's I, I forgot. <laughs> but I no, forgot. it is, and you know, but it is. I, I have to, you know, it, it is really nice to have uh, authors on on the uh, on the show. Um, is that? Uh, I gotta ask you. Is that is that night this infamous night now that you that you and Turney hung out? Is <sighs> yeah. this going to make it into the book? It has to, right? This has to be. Yeah, I, I suppose I should write about it. It's. Um... <laughs> <laughs> from what we can remember uh, well i'll have to call him and we'll both have to take some ginkgo or something like that to jog our memories of that evening go. because not only was it a long time ago but the the night traders were uh they spared no expense in uh you know <laughs> ch- changing our alcoholic equilibrium boy oof yeah uh yeah but uh yeah that was that was a fun evening mm-hmm. i'm, I'm like, sure you know, it was like one of those Harold and Kumar movies. You know, it, it's, it, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, I'm sure it was. Sure it was. And so this week, Jay, holiday week, and we're still making all-time highs. <laughs> Anything uh, that, you know, you want to say about what's happened this week? Well, you know, I, I, I've been, you know, I sound like a broken record, and, you know, it, it's just what we learn from from looking at at value which is price over time people are accepting these prices 
Um, you know, we spend time up at these highs and then we just keep going higher and higher and higher. I myself, um, you know, I am scared to death of staying positioned long this market, but it, you have no choice. Um, yeah. And the structure underneath us is absolutely horrible. If somebody breathes on this thing hard, but you know, the thing is the sellers have all gone away and they're just marking it up for year end. And uh, you know, as we learned from, per, from Turney, those portfolio managers need to make a good bonus this year because that new Ferrari is not cheap. So, um, you know, and everybody will want one and, you know, Hey, you know, these people spend a lot of money, so they're going to run the market, you know, and also don't, you know, don't forget to that, you know, we have very low interest rates. The, the world is awash in, in cheap money. You know, people are financing companies that have, you will never be profitable. Um, you know, and, um, you know, so that money all has to go somewhere and there's a smaller number of public companies and the ones that are public, their floats are so locked up. I mean, look at Apple, less than 1% of the, the float of Apple trades on a daily basis, you know? Um, so, you know, it's not like they're, uh, you know, when you lock up all the stock and you have nothing but buying, you know, the market has nowhere to go, but yeah, you know, mm -hmm. you know, you have to think about, things like BlackRock, Fidelity, those people, you know, they don't have to sell stock every month to make their bills. So right. what they buy, they, they're putting that away for, you know, a decade, you know, it's not coming out. And then the company goes and buys back stock to make them happy and takes the supply out of the float. It's a supply demand thing that, you know, the, 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 the more you choke off supply, it's surprisingly how far you can move a market up when you uh, cut off supply. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, I mean, just even me like learning, like, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough. It's, you know, at least for me, not going to speak for myself, but it's, uh, it's tough when we keep trading up in no man's land, you know, it, it it's, it, you know, like it is, it is, it's challenging. You know, when you're making a new high every day or every couple of days, you know, you, you know, Peter Reznicek always teaches us to look to the left and you look to the left and there's nothing but, you know, blank space. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of have to let it trade and then hopefully we get balance for two or three days. You can trade that, um, you know, you know, or you catch a trend day on a good day, but then, you know, lately we've had trend days that fail and then trend right. up at the end of the day. So right. it's, it's been a challenging market to, to trade. And, and the other thing too, sometimes the market will hit an all time high on negative breath because, you know, they're squeezing some short. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very, um, it, it's, it's not a, it, you know, markets are never easy to trade. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and when they're trading like this, it's, you know, and then it's funny because everybody looks at it and goes, Oh, the market was at an all time high. You must've made a lot of money today. You know, people, yeah, they, no idea. Yeah. No, yeah, they idea. Have no clue. <laughs> yeah. No clue. Now t today was, I mean, today could be cla was classified as a trend day, correct? Uh, you know, because of my computer problems, I missed oh, yeah, most right. of it, but yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, pretty sure yeah. it was. It, it looked... It it looked like it to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we might have we might have one time frame down one period, but other than that, I mean, we trended up all day. Yeah, it was. You know, they they caught everybody with that weird low in the in the morning, and everybody thought that would be repaired, and heck, no, it wasn't. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, they just it, it's very sticky, sticky buying that they they've got. And we'll we'll see what happens after the end of the month, and as we start into December, whether you know somebody will let loose some stock and. Uh, mm -hmm. 
you know, these markets though, you know, there's nothing but buying, you know, it, it makes me wish I had a mil hundred million shares of something to sell, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Yep. And now moving on to our last segment of today's podcast, we're going to be answering listener questions. Uh, you guys can reach us on Twitter, uh, JJ at VWAP Trader one or myself at all X day X Ray X. And ask us anything pertaining to trading, to life, to love, to dating strategy, <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. We're here for you guys. <laughs> yeah, we're the wrong guys to talk about dating strategies. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Listen, ask your any type of degenerate questions. Where, you know, we want this to be a fun type of segment or serious. If you have serious, legitimate questions, whatever. But we appreciate everyone who submitted questions today. And so, first question comes from you know resident troublemaker vuk <laughs> and he has two questions yeah yeah vukovic he has two questions um what is your favorite stuffing recipe oh lord i'm assuming he's asking me because he messaged he messaged this on my twitter oh probably um i don't make the stuffing <laughs> i have no idea what the hell goes into stuffing i'm just i'm just a little repelled by the whole stuffing process like whose grand idea was this okay but you know we'll leave it at that. <laughs> don't, 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 don't. <laughs> just know i stuff i stuffed the turkey with my strong hand yeah well next oh what about you Jay? You, you have anything to say about I, I, you know i've got nothing against stovetop you know hey you know it's, uh... <laughs> yeah stovetop yeah shout out to stovetop all right and now and now Vuko's uh, a real question though for jj Obviously, as a market maker, loss management wasn't a serious issue because of how things could be manipulated. How long did it take you as a retail trader to find the right balance of risk reward, overcome the mental harm that comes from losses? Uh, it, for me, because I came from a place where I have a lot of scars, um, you know, bad business partners, uh, deals getting halted, clients, you know, walking away on debits that they owe the firm. I was very, very risk averse. Um, and I had the opposite problem that most people have is that I didn't want to risk. Mm, right. right. And yeah. I, even if I knew, if I saw a trade and I it would do exactly, I'd say it's going to go here, it's going to stop and it's going to move and it's going to bounce. And I wouldn't take the trade. Um, it took me a long time to get through that. Um, so also coming for the fact that I was, raised in Saskatchewan and we used to have competitions here to see whose dad was the cheapest. Um, that cheapness was instilled in me yeah. where I don't, I don't like losing a lot of money. Um, and you, and I do realize you have to lose money to trade. That's the way that's a part of the business. Mm -hmm. So that really focused my learning profile and learning where the heck, um, because we trade in the day time frame, and most of that is trading, uh, shifts in inventory when people get too long people get too short profile tells me where and that and price action and watching that and learning structure really helped me um, minimize my risk take higher odds trades and that that really helped me um, I do see a lot of people who do risk large amounts and uh, trade very uh, you know sort of shoot from the hip mm -hmm. and um, and for people like that, I would, I would say, you know, maybe think about this, like, you know, you were running a business and, you know, for like, for people, like there are a lot of guys out there and, mm -hmm. and girls who, who make money in the morning and then lose it in the afternoon. So, you know, maybe think about Still it like, you're, yeah, maybe think, 
maybe think about it like you're in a business, right? Like say you were a bakery and you sold out all of your inventory in the morning, right? And you have, you know, whatever you made in the morning. Now in the afternoon, would you take that money and just go throw it in the street or would you like put it in the bank because it's your business? Mm-hmm. Right. So maybe kind of think about things that way because trading is a business. Absolutely. You know, um, it, this is, this is not the Bellagio, hmm. you know? No, but shout out to the Bellagio. It's really nice. Really it nice, is a nice hotel it, it, casino. Good memories. Yeah. Nice hotel. Legendary poker room too, by the way. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. That yeah I did yeah. not know. I yeah, wouldn't yeah, know yeah. where to find it. Oh, so some of the like the most like legendary games uh, get played there, live poker ah. games. Oh, very so, Ocean's um, Eleven. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, you know, I I always love when you say treat trading like a business because I forget who I heard it from or in poker, but like that's what I was taught in poker. No, it's like you, you're managing your own business. You are your mm. own business as a poker player, and. I just, it makes so much sense on like viewing it, you know, at least for myself. And obviously you concur with that, but um, yeah, I think it gives you a different approach, a more sound approach to things. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it, 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 we forget, you know, because it's about money and things like that. And so much of the marketing is, is geared to, you know, selling the dream and selling people hope. Um, and we forget that it's a business. It's a craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are no three easy setups. It's not like 10 minute abs, you know, um, yeah, there's no 10 minute, you know, success in trading. Um, and it's really marketed to people that way. And I, I always use the medical school analogy. You know, when you enter medical school, do they give you a scalpel and go, Hey, let's go do some brain surgery first day. No, you're not. That's not how it works. And so, and trading is the same way. It's a craft. It takes time to learn. You know, there are ups and downs. Um, you know, it is a marathon and it's not for everyone. You know, um, it's, it's really, really not for everyone. You know, I have a lot of, you know, friends of mine and they say, teach me how to trade and I'll start talking. And within five, 10 minutes, they've lost, they've completely lost interest. You know, it's like, oh man, I thought this was going to be easy. You push a couple of buttons, you make 10 G's, you know, I'm like, no, that's not the way it works. Right. It, yeah. It's marketed and sold to people, unfortunately, that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. But you know, um, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the things. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Big shout out to Vuk. Vuk, happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for the questions. We appreciate you. Next question comes from Calgary, Tra- uh, Calgary Chad. <laughs> I think a great question would be based around what JJ thought while trading 2008. I know he fed order flow, but only a select number of people knew the market would crash. Uh, what was it like during the crash and what did you see on the screen? Thanks. You know, 2007, eight and nine were really, really good years for me because I was working a couple of deals that, um, you know, the, the guys who, you know, guys would come to me and say, Hey, can you help me make a market and, uh, you know, help distribute this stock and, you know, I'll give you a million shares or whatever. So I had those, you know, contrary, I was not invested in anything. I was basically selling stock in a couple of companies and making markets to sell stock into. Mm. And it was very good because as the market was going down, uh, retail was very interested in lower price stocks because they had lost money and they could try and make it up by trading a penny stock. So um, that's the mentality that, you know, we, we came into and, um, 
I found it, you know, the other thing about me is when I started seeing the market go down, I had been through 9-11 and which was, uh, you know, which, which really ended a lot of my career. Um, and just, you know, it took me from the penthouse to the poorhouse. And uh, so I vowed that that would never happen again. So I, I was really, you know, I was watching kind of from an outsider's point of view, like going, oh my God, you know, and then you'd see things like Bear Stearns closing down. And, you know, I had read Alan Greenberg's book and, uh, you know, Ace Greenberg. And, you know, I, I had, you know, this sort of, you know, fascination for these Wall Street firms. And then you see them crumbling. Um, and it was, uh, you know, and it was all, you know, the instrument of destruction was, uh, the security that Lewis Ranieri came up with from Solomon brothers in the eighties from liars poker, which is the reason I became a trader. So it was very surreal. Uh, but I, you know, but the 2008 was a great year for me, uh, because I was not, I didn't touch anything on the big board, any of that stuff. I wasn't trading retail at all. I was making markets. So. Um, you know, I, I was, I was fortunate at that time. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I know. got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when I, when I saw Chad ask that question, I was like, you know, I never heard you talk about it before, you know, like, so, or, or have anything, uh, yeah, I don't no, think because, I have. I, yeah. No, because I made a lot of money. Um, yeah, I only right. talk about the times where I got my butt kicked, uh, <laughs> to kind of yeah. give people, because, you know, I mean, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I never find it useful going, oh yeah, I did great. You know, uh, right. yeah, I, you know, I'm a, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm a hero. No, it's not. No, I was, I was fortunate. I was fortunate. And I, I had, you know, I had this really, really crazy client who was like a, a character out of a John Wick movie. Um, and, uh, you know, and he was the one, he would call me up and he'd go, JJ, we need some distribution. Hmm. And, um, you know, and he was, he was a pretty rough guy and he had hung with a rough crowd and, uh, you know, uh, was a real character and um the funny thing was he was he was a, a very talented guitarist he looked like meatloaf and um you know he had a band but he was also a stock promoter and this guy could sell you know he could sell ice to an eskimo i don't know if that's politically correct i apologize in advance but um you know and you know but he he had some pretty rough characters around him and stuff like that but i tell you what when i had my heart attack you know these guys were like they were criminals and they came to see me. They were the only ones who came to see me in the hospital when I was sick. Mm. So, you know, they were loyal guys and he's, right. he's, he's not on this planet anymore. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, the, he was, and he was the one, he gave me a million shares of stock just to work, just to help him make a market, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the stock went to a couple of bucks. So I had a, I had a really good year and I was insulated and uh, I was very grateful to him for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Shout out to you, Chad, Calgary Chad, for the question. We appreciate you, Chad. Next question comes from Wing Girl Trade Podcast Educational Room. What is next on the horizon for you guys? Well, we're, you know, we're just... Big screen. Just, the big screen. Big, the big screen. We're, uh, I don't know, we're just, we're, we're grateful for what we have. And, uh, you know, we just want to, you know, we really want to help people... Uh, learn how to see the market and we really want to help uh, people have access to th people like Jim Dalton, people like Peter Reznicek, uh, people like Linda, Damon, you know, uh, we'd really like to bring retail traders and, and shine the light on the people 
who have been foundational in this market and you know this is who you should be listening to this is who you should be um you know studying and um you know and then we're kind of there as like a you know we you know and then if you have questions come and we'll try and help you out and you know and and bring those kinds of people to shed their their light on uh, on this mystery that we call the market mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shout out to wing girl trade for the question next question comes from our good friend gapa down in mexico <laughs> How how do you know if you are making progress in trading, how you measure your results, and what is realistic to expect? With so much talk about how little people make it, how can you tell if you are one of them? What results should you be showing to justify being a profitable trader? Wow, that's a, that's a good, good question. One. Yeah, good that question, Gapo. That's a good one. I Who was saying that after a year, if you've broken even, you're, you're, you're doing pretty good? Mm. Um, I think it was, I think it was, uh, Damon or it could have been Pax. One of those guys, one of the older guys, you know, um, they said that the other thing about this is, you know, of course your PNL tells you how well you're doing. Uh, but also you're sort of, um, you know, are you trading intelligently or are you trading emotionally? Are you doing the work? Is your edge working? And if it's not working, then how can you refine that edge to work? It's it's and the market changes all the time. Mm-hmm. So you know, of of course, your PNL is telling you how you're doing. We're judged in black and white that way. Um, but you know, and I know uh, Gaspar is is a young guy and he's just started out in this. And you know, I put to him that you know it's a marathon and he's got. 20, 30 years of trading ahead of him. Mm -hmm. So I really wouldn't really worry about your performance just yet because you've only been doing this for a couple of months, maybe a year. Just be, be happy when you trade well. Even if you get stopped out, if you take a trade and you followed your plan and, and even if you get stopped out, you've exercised good risk management and you followed your plan and, and that's going to happen, you know, um, and just focus on learning how to trade well, focus on learning, you know, what's behind all the pretty lines on the chart, learn the mechanics of the market, learn what's going on. And that will really help you. And it's, it's an educational thing and it never ends. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, you know, I, you know, I spoke to a gentleman today who runs a software company and, you know, he's the same age as Mr. Dalton. And, you know, I learned things from him today, you know, and so you, you learn something every day in this business. Yeah. So just keep, you know, keep yourself open to that. And, uh, you know, and, and we thank him for the, crest, uh, for the, for the question. Gracias, hermano. Yes. Yes. Good. Great question. And, you know, and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, uh, Jay, I, I think like my take or like where my mind first went reading the question is, uh, you know, and a lot of stuff I, I, uh, I draw from my poker background, but which I think is a lot of it is very applicable to trading. I mean, like one of the things that was like hammered into you when you're learning poker is uh, don't be results oriented, focus on the process. Yeah. And if your process is correct, then the results will come. Yeah. And, and, you know, and here's my brain surgery (laughs) analogy again, Mm -hmm. you know, when you become a surgeon, you don't focus on the money, you focus on learning how to operate well. 
Mm -hmm. Right. So when you're a trader, they used to, you know, reminiscences of a stock operator. Right. So you're learning how to operate in these markets. Well, mm -hmm. right. Think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and think about it. Like I'm starting out, I got 50 years ahead of me. Right. Enjoy the ride. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Because it, you know, that, that learning process, and we saw that from Linda, you see her enthusiasm, you know, after 38 years, mm -hmm. right? It, it certainly doesn't look like it's waned, you know, she still has that zest for the knowledge, right? And I think if you can capture that, and if this industry is for you, and I, you know, I know who, you know, we're talking about here, because he's in our room, and he asked some very good questions. And, and you know he's really into it because he's in university and he's listening to us on, <laughs> on his cell phone, you know? So it's, uh, you know, he'll get there. He'll get there. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And, and like, and like a lot of the people we've talked to, they say like, they said number one thing, screen time. Yeah. So just get in the time, Gapa. Like you said, you're smart. You're going to exactly. get there. Shout out to Gapa. Thanks for the question. Real good question. Next question comes from lowercase numbers. <laughs> what advice do you have for degenerates with terrible bad trading habits? Oh, well, it's, it's, it's hard because, you know, it's hard to pontificate and say, well, you should do this and do that. And I've made every mistake in the book chasing price or buying at the high or, you know, getting this fear of missing out, you know, and all this stuff. It, it, it's really hard. What you got, I mean, if you find yourself being a bit of a out of control, maybe stop trading. Stop mm -hmm. trading for a couple of days, right? Take some time off and then think about, you know, and then start to think about really what you want to accomplish in the market, right? It's, it's not a lottery and it's, it's definitely not, you know, it's, it's not sitting at the, at the slot machine and pulling a handle. It's, it's, you know, and I know, who the, you know, I know he's, he's a pretty good trader because he's another guy who's in our room. So if you find yourself kind of losing it that way, take a break, right? The market's not going anywhere. It'll be there tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to trade. And if you find yourself being influenced by other people who are telling you how to trade, just ask them one question. Go, look, you really want me to trade so much? Why don't you fund me? Mm -hmm. Right? Give me your account password and I'll trade your account the way you think I should be trading. Mm -hmm. We'll see how quickly they shut up. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Right? And, yeah, and, and, I, and I guess the advice would be, uh, would pertain to someone's particular bad habit, you know? Um, but yeah. You know, but first thing is be aware of your bad habit. Maybe write it down, right? My bad habit is being biased. So every time I'm biased, I'll be like, oh, I'm biased. I'll, I'll, I'll tell everybody around me, oh my God, I'm really, really short biased or I'm really, really long biased. And they'll go, what are you, what are you nuts? You know, like values higher. Why do you want to short this? And they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Mm -hmm. You know, or, you know, so you need, uh, you know, maybe have somebody, you know, who can help keep you in check, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, that always helps. For sure. For sure. And he has a, another question, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> and how many degenerates does it take to move a market? <laughs> 
Uh, only one with a big enough account. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. Shout out to lowercase numbers. Ever the jokes there. We appreciate you. And with that concludes this episode of Confessions of a Market Maker. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it for us. If you're interested in learning market profile, if you're keen on trading a liquid market, if you got a small account, come join JJ and I at microefutures.com. JJ, parting words. I just want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving and have a wonderful holiday and be safe out there. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening to us. And we really appreciate all the kind comments. And uh, we really look forward to, uh, you know, bringing you more guests that, uh, you know, help shed light into the dark corners. And thank you, everyone. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you to all the guests that have come on to the podcast. Thank you for all the listeners for listening. Really appreciate you guys because we really enjoy doing this podcast. It's a lot of fun. So we appreciate that. And also shout out to our trading room as well. Much love guys. And so for the St. Petersburg heartbreak, I'm Steve Butabi. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving.